Today on Sagittarian Matters, it's me, your host, revealing the fate of soy creamer, answering your listener advice and opinion questions, discussing refrigerators, vegan food, near-death experiences, and more. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the From the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in Los Angeles, California. Listeners, thank you for your patience. Uh, the podcast has really been coming at you in, um, in fits and starts and surprising amounts over the past six months as I have been traveling back and forth between Portland and Los Angeles and also up to my gills in work interviewing family members and putting together relative fiction. Thank you to everybody who has listened to Relative Fiction and given me nice feedback or shared it or told people about it or rated it. I really, really appreciate it. And those things really count. Um, Please keep listening. Right now we are at uh, about episode four. We're at the break between episodes three and four. And here I am. Here I am in Los Angeles to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. I asked people on Instagram, what would you like to hear me talk about? And what would you like advice about today? And I just want to take it away. Well, the first thing is I want to give you some disappointing news. Are you sitting down? Go ahead and find a seat. Listeners to the podcast may remember or be fans of Wildwood Soy Creamer, which was later repackaged and sold to Trader Joe's as just soy creamer. This is like a really exciting delicious thing. People were hoarding it. I was calling Trader Joe's. I was showing up. I was getting as much as I could carry. I was, I mean, I bought a bigger refrigerator in part because I needed more hoarding space. Long story long, when I moved to Los Angeles, this is a real side side note. I was bleeding money because I was paying significantly more rent than I ever had in my whole life in Portland, Oregon. I was basically paying for one apartment what I paid for my entire house in Portland had I not had roommates. Um, when I got there and I signed the lease and I just felt like money was like oozing out of every pore of my body, the landlord, I asked the landlord if the refrigerator was included in the lease. And she was like, what refrigerator? And I realized that in Los Angeles, California, in rental units, they do not provide a refrigerator. You must provide your own. At this point, I was, I was pretty done with the moving process. I was mentally checked out of the moving process and thus Instead of getting a full-size refrigerator and having it delivered by strong people and installed, I just looked on Craigslist for something I could fit in my car. And I found a dorm-sized fridge, which is bigger than a mini fridge. It's like three and a half, four feet tall. It was at USC, and I just drove down there, opened my hatchback, shoved it inside, gave a kid 90 bucks, and that was my weird refrigerator for a couple years. At the time, I was like, it's keeping me honest because it meant I couldn't hoard too much stuff or like, you know, jam too many things in the freezer. But then at a certain point that got old. And so I got a really nice red vintage looking fridge uh, and then promptly moved out of my apartment in the midst of pandemic as I went back and forth to Portland. So 
That's a long story for you. But I want you to know that when I got that fridge, I was elated that I could get up to six cartons of Trader Joe's soy creamer, aka Wildwood soy creamer, at a time to stack in my fridge. The bad news, now that we've gotten past my digression, is that I think it's no more. I had heard that, you know, they were pausing it and there was some trouble importing soybeans and they blamed the president, number 45. And I was like, oh, as soon as he's out of office, we're getting our soy creamer back. And I just was looking on Reddit today where the nerdiest, deepest heads, like the biggest fans of whatever thing in the world live. And somebody on Reddit said that they heard confirmation it has been discontinued. Wildwood, they said, was purchased by another company and they discontinued the soy creamer. Feel free to prove me wrong. Please do prove me wrong. I've missed soy creamer. I've missed it so bad. I'm not doing silk. A, they're owned by like a dairy company and B, it's so sweet and full of garbage. More more power to you if you like it. Silk on. But I really liked Wildwood soy creamer. Um, It is no more. I have been using full fat Oatly in the interim, which is delicious, but uh, I I love soy. I'm one of those people that love soy. I'm a relic. I'm a ghost from the 90s here to haunt you. I love soy milk. Where's my soy milk? Somebody on Reddit said this. I haven't tried it. Feel free to try it. Let me know what you think. Username Salonera on Reddit said, Want to add my soy creamer hack that is as close as I can get to Trader Joe's slash Wildwood soy creamer. It's simple. You just slowly simmer four cups of plain soy milk until it's reduced by half. Add a touch of honey or sugar and a touch of salt and it's pretty great. You have to stir it and make sure it doesn't boil over and it takes a long time, but it's almost as good. I was using TJ's plain soy milk till that too seemed to disappear. So that's unsolicited. What are weird things I've been eating lately? Well, we will have friend of the show Morgan back on very soon to talk about strange foods, especially because Morgan is on a road trip right now. And so we have a lot of travel foods to talk about. But in the meantime, I've discovered pumfu. Pumfu is tofu made from pumpkin seeds. We got no soy. We got no gluten. If you're soy intolerant, if you're a person of now and not a relic from the 90s, you can't deal with soy, get some pumfu. It's pretty expensive. It's maybe like 4 or $5 as opposed to 2 or $3 for some tofu, but it's a real treat. Um, I'm going to try some soy riso or chorizo flavored pumfu very, very soon. Anyway, pumfu, give it a try. They are not a supporter of the podcast, but I am a supporter of them. Something else, if you haven't tried it, I talk about it all the time on the podcast, Yuba noodles from Hodo Tofu. I love them. I think they're so good. You can stir fry them up with just some spinach, or you can just throw them on top of some lettuce. If you're traveling, this is kind of a gross travel hack, but I just bought like one of those tubs of lettuce or salad mix and just a thing of Hodo Yuba noodles and just threw them in there with some soy sauce packets, some vinegar if you're lucky, or um, sriracha and just call it a day. Okay. What do people want to hear me talk about? Dear Sagittarius Matters, what is the best vegan dessert? Dear listener, there's a few. The best vegan dessert is tiramisu or a cannoli. Second to that, if you're at the grocery store, get something from Hail Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. Get some Hail Mary tarts or get some Hail Mary little uh, macaroons, like chocolate chip macaroons. They are delightful. 
If you're in Eugene, Oregon, get some cake from The Sweet Life. I highly recommend any of their cakes that have some kind of pudding or jam element to them to kind of moisten them up a bit. Sorry for the word moisten for those of you that are sensitive to the word moisten. I also really like Yoga Ert in Los Angeles, California. There is nothing like it. It is very good. It is not too sweet and you can fool yourself into thinking it's good for you because it does include probiotics. Dear Sagittarius Matters, what do you think about yoga? I, I like I like yoga just fine. I cannot speak to any of the appropriative elements of yoga because I'm not that deep in it. I just, you know, you sense they're there. I don't have a full understanding of them. Something I do like that I've liked for a long time, long enough that I have it on VHS tape, two VHS tapes because one wore out, is Denise Austin's Pilates and Yoga. You can now purchase this online. It is a Pilates yoga mat routine from Denise Austin, who is also a relic of the 90s. And if you watch this tape, I like the second routine on there. I'm, I don't know what to tell you uh, if this if, you've, if I've lost you at this point. I'm just going to move on. But um, that's the tape I've been doing for like a decade. Dear Sagittarian Matters, what can you tell me about boundaries? Dear listener, here's the thing about boundaries. They are just for you. They are just for you, and they are just a matter of you deciding what you will and won't tolerate. And you don't even actually have to tell anybody if you're making a boundary around them. You can ask people for things that you want, and then you just get to observe whether they're going to do it or not. And if they're not going to do the thing you need, then you get to make a choice to remove yourself or do something different. But boundaries are not a way for you to boss other people around. As much as I wish they were, they are not. They're a way to support yourself. They are a way to surround yourself with things that you actually that you actually need. Um, for some of us who were socialized in a way to be people pleasers, perhaps chronic or pathological people pleasers who put other people first and ourselves second, third, fourth, fifth, or not at all, it's helpful to take a pause. It's helpful to take a pause when you're asked, when someone asks something of you, even just to hang out or a favor or whatever. But it's also nice to take a pause before you encounter people so that you really get to know yourself, so you get to know what you need, so you get to know what boundaries to build around your needs. I can't recommend it enough. 20 minutes of boundary work with yourself will save you weeks of feeling muddled. And the better you can get at your boundaries, in my experience, the fewer resentments you cultivate from not being clear with people about what you need or what you will or will not do and when, and then letting them kind of step over them and then feeling a resentment. And so, you know, when things are clear, when there's no resentments, when you're doing things you feel good about because you want to do them, I think it helps everybody. Okay, dear Nicole, what do you think about archery? I don't know anything about archery. I don't know. I don't know. Why do people have to wear a thing on their arm for archery? I don't know. Dear Sagittarius Matters, has Ponyo done a taste test? What snacks does Ponyo like? Listeners, if I told you the things Ponyo eats, it would curl your hair because she is not a vegetarian as I am. She likes things made of like, she likes duck nibs. She likes string cheese. Okay, here's a vegetarian thing from spouse to the show and dog trainer Kaya Wilson. Ponyo has learned scent training. She has learned to strengthen her sniffer as she's gone blind by doing Find It, where Kaya will take tiny pieces of string cheese, which is fragrant enough for Ponyo to find, but not disgusting. 
um, you know, like hunks of meat or something. And she will hide them all around the living room in lots of different places, you know, a little high and low, hide a ponyo, meaning shoulder height for a chihuahua. And then she'll say, find it. And Ponyo knows this means that she needs to use her nose to sniff around and find the string cheese. So that's one of Ponyo's very favorite snacks. Other than that, she eats a lot of things I eat, unless it's spicy, unless it's an onion or a mushroom or a raisin or a grape or something that's, you know, illegal for dogs. She likes a lot of things that I like. She even eats popcorn, which I think is really important in a dog. If you're ever looking for a dog, you need to throw some popcorn on the ground and see what the dog does. Because in your life, you're going to pop a lot of popcorn. A lot of it's going to get on the floor. And if your dog isn't the kind of dog that will eat that and pick it up for you, like your house is going to be a huge mess. I don't know if other dog people have experienced this, but when I'm in a place without dogs and a piece of food drops on the floor, I just ignore it because I'm used to a dog coming up behind me and eating it. But if you're in a place without dogs, you just look like the slobbiest slob in the world. Same if you're from Portland, Oregon, and you're used to people pumping your gas for you because that's the law there, and you go somewhere else and you just sit in your car and wait, like you're ye olden, ye olden time full service person being like, you know, Bellman, come and pump my gas. It's, it's a funny feeling. Also, if you're from Portland, you're not used to paying tax. So when you go other places, you're like, oh, what? This costs 50 cents more than I thought it would, and that's because there's sales tax. Today's episode is brought to you by Remedios Martinez, Rachel Bernard, Laura Perry, Emily Helmus, Whitney Gecker, Debbie Pressman, Caitlin Olds, Jamie Rabin, Will's best friend Evie, Emma, Amy Mariaskin, Kelsey Eiston, Anna Seidel, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 billion, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or this just in, he's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. Dear Nicole, you want to do some zine talk? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk more about this on an episode with friend to the show, Michelle T. But zines, do a zine. Whoever you are, whatever your angle, do your zine. I want everyone who's listening to do a zine about what makes you weird. What is the weirdest thing about you? That's what I want to see you do a zine about. Or what are the weirdest things that you've done or habits you've picked up since pandemic? I want to read those zines. What's the worst haircut you've given yourself during pandemic? What are the ways that your body has just fallen apart and you have devolved into a troll woman or troll them or trollman or troll A during pandemic? I want to know. I personally feel that my feet have have a cloven over. I, I have cloven hooves now. I went from looking like uh, myself to looking like a hobbit to looking like a pan with just little cloven hooves. And, you know, everything's getting kind of gnarled. And I don't even know what's going to happen the first time I go into a salon after all of this. Doesn't that make me sound like a real adult when I go into a salon? I have relied on my punk roots during pandemic, a lot of home haircutting, sometimes without even my glasses on, and I am quite hard of sight, um, a lot of home stuff, and 
I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens next. Dear Nicole, will you talk about weird snacks? Dear listener, I will talk about weird snacks any day, anytime you want. Just not today. Dear Nicole, how do I find some good walking shoes? I got to tell you what. I don't know. I don't know this answer either. Is this the worst episode you've ever heard in your whole life? Can I tell you that I've really been enjoying a podcast called The Bald and the Beautiful hosted by Trixie Mattel and Katya from RuPaul's Drag Race? I've really been enjoying their podcast. Uh, If you decide that I have let you down by not knowing the answers to some of these questions, please listen to a couple episodes of that. And then by the time you tune back into Sagittarian Matters, I will have an answer to all your questions. Um... Dear Sagittarian Matters, how do I handle how sweet Ponyo is? I need advice. Dear listener, I know this is a really, this is a really hard issue of our time. Here's the deal. Ponyo came to me a good egg. She came to me from the pound, a good egg, straight off the streets of said California, ready to please, looking for squeaky toys, looking for treats, ready to do anything for a tennis ball. She remains that, and yet... She does get a little, she's always been cuddly. She gets a little more cuddly with time. And as she's gone blind, um, she needs a little more help doing different things. So it seems like she's sweeter because I get more body time. There's more pause. There's more of her having to rely on me and us having to communicate. And I really like that. Um, If you don't know, listeners, producer Ponyo has lost 90% of her vision. She has one eye left. It has 5-10% of vision. A recent vet said he doesn't think there's very much. And if she has to do something like jump into the car that she can't do or go down some stairs, she will wait and she'll kind of let me know that she is apprehensive or is unwilling to do it on her own. And I'll say, do you want help? Can I help you? And then she'll sit and wait to be picked up and helped. And that's a good feeling. Did I ever tell you guys about the time she was kidnapped? I can't remember. If I haven't, please DM us or comment and I will tell you on a future show. Dear Sagittarius Matters, how do you get over a crush that you have to see all the time? Oh man. Why do you have to get over the crush? As my first question. Did you express, is there, is there a reason you can't go forth with this crush? Did you express that you had a crush on them and they said tough luck or like are they otherwise betrothed or did they just not signal that that's going to happen? That's my first question because of course you know you may as well you may think you're being clear when you're hanging around them but you may as well put words to that feeling if it feels appropriate to you. If not if you've already decided this crush is not happening come on just tell me how to be around them how to get over a crush. We have talked about this on the podcast before, so please do look around in the archives. Um, one thing that I have found is helpful is to have a very good friend remind me of the most embarrassing people I've had a crush on over time. So if you have a friend who's known you 10 years, like a really long time, be like, can you remind me of the most embarrassing people that I have been besotted with? Is that the right word? Um, and just just kind of let the the embarrassment of that, the shame of that sort of remind you, help you put in perspective, like this too will pass. You may feel like this person is the moon and the stars above. You know, they are, they are your sun keeping you warm with like the idea of what it could be like to love you. 
but just um just remember this will pass there have been other people you've had crushes on where things haven't worked out and it turns out that that was for a reason that was dog's plan um so sit back and think about that and then also maybe you know you may not want to do this but try to think about the cold hard reality of what it would be like to date them try and look and see like "Mm, did they seem whiny do they have weird breath like you know or you could just try to imagine one of these things try to imagine just something that I don't you actually you don't have to you don't have to tear them down in your mind but I'm just trying to think of like the reality of it because a lot of crushes are based on a projection of what it might be like so just hunkering down with reality and if I were you I would suggest throwing yourself into something else like taking care of a baby animal volunteering somewhere doing a fundraiser, working on your comic about all the weird things that have happened to you and your grooming and your eating since pandemic began. That's what I think you should do instead of this crush. So every time you see them, you can recondition yourself to be like, oh God, I got to go work on my zine. And then, you know, they look at you and they wink and they go, oh, hey, do you want to give me some extra attention? And you go, I got to go work on my zine. I got to go draw this skin tag that I grew over pandemic, but uh, I'll catch you later. That's my very best advice for you over getting over a crush you have to see all the time. Um, Or you could just live in fantasy, you know. Life is an illusion. You could just go home, imagine the entire relationship in your head from the beginning to end. Just sit at the edge of your bed with your hands folded in your lap and think, okay. Now I'm telling about my crush and they're telling me they love me too. And you could just go through the entire relationship in your head. This may take a while. And then actually get to the end point of the relationship and part ways with them in a friendly, amicable way in your mind. So then when you see them, it's just like you're seeing an ex. Is this the worst advice you've ever heard or the best? Try all this stuff and let me know how it goes. And please send me your zine pages, everybody. Um, I still find that I... I'm in the habit of making human dog food for myself here a year into pandemic, year, year or so. Um, and that is some kind of protein with a bunch of vegetables. It's basically like a scramble for every meal when left to my own devices. That's where I'm at here in the pandemic. Okay, I think that that is all for today. If I didn't answer your question, it's because I'm saving it for a future episode with friend to the show, Michelle T., where we will be talking about friendship breakups, Sagittarians love bombing you, jealousy, and more. In the meantime, if you ever want a good walking shoe that is also a wonderful fashion statement, why not try an orthopedic shoe? Many of them are leather, so I recommend finding them secondhand, which is not hard to do because very unfortunately, most of the people who buy orthopedic shoes new don't live long enough to wear them to their natural end. I'm sorry to be grim, but this is how I have found, this is how I assume I have found a lot of pairs of like squeaky clean orthopedic shoes at different senior citizen thrift stores. I love senior citizens. I love senior citizen thrift stores. I don't wish harm to anyone who buys a new pair of orthopedic shoes, but it's easy to find some that don't have a lot of wear in them if you don't want to buy them new because they're leather and because they're a little bit expensive. But they sure are nice if you need like a day-to-night thing. If you don't mind looking like a grandma after hours and you want something to wear with a dress, try an orthopedic shoe. I also just did a ton of 
review looking googling research about shoes that I wanted for trail walking Um, I will tell you one more thing before we go for the day it is this I had some Easy Spirit brand sneakers, which if you're from the 80s or 90s, you remember the advertisement, looks like a pump, feels like a sneaker. Do you remember that? Easy Spirit. They had sneakers that I found at a senior citizen thrift store, and I was like, oh my God, these are so funny. It feels like a pump. It looks like a sneaker. And I wore them, and they have basically no tread on the bottom because they're meant for like walking at the mall because you're 150 years old and you're mall walking with your friends, which I would do now if it wasn't indoors and I wasn't afraid of people breathing on me. But I would use these for walking on trails at Griffith Park with my friends, including friend of the show, Rocco. At some point, we were going up a very steep, very thin, windy trail at the edge of a ravine, um, kind of near, near the Greek theater in Griffith Park, if you've ever been there. And I don't know what happened, but I started sliding down the hill. My shoes with no grip failed me. It's very dusty, dry, dirty. And I literally started sliding down the ravine. And all I thought to say was, goodbye. And so Rocco looked down at me as I was sliding down the hill. And I just waved at him and said, goodbye. Because I thought that that was it. And I was about to plunge to my death. And that is, turns out is my survival instinct. Uh, I did get snagged on a branch. I was able to like clutch some grass and branches and um, climb back up. So listener, if you think you're going to use these walking shoes for walking on a trail or ever being in nature, consider getting some with some tread. It doesn't have to be like the dirt bike of shoes. Um, You don't need to wear a tire on your foot or toe shoes, but do consider if you're ever going to need some traction, why not invest in some today? It may save your life. And then you don't have to say goodbye while making eye contact with your friend and friend to the show as you plunged your death. Did Ponyo try to save me? She did not. I did let go of the leash so she wouldn't be dragged with me. I'm not saying I'm mother of the year, but I'm not, I'm not going to turn away the award either. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience as we have been back and forth um, during pandemic posting a lot, posting a little, posting irregularly. Producer Chris and I really appreciate it. Please remember to tip Producer Chris. Please send me your advice questions and your opinion questions. If there's any kind of food you want us to try, please send it to us. The Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studio, Splendid Table Tasting, a Splendid Sagittarian Table, all these things are still active and functional. We just may be coming to you bi-weekly instead of weekly. I trust that you can look in the archives. If you're looking for a couple episodes that I have listened to over and over again, because I think they're very fun. I Some of my favorites are the Anonymous Butch episode, where I also talk about Little Shop of Horrors, and the episode where Beth Pickens and I talk about Phantom of the Opera, and then Morgan gives some very sound advice. Those are a couple of my favorites from the past couple of years, but you know, I sure do love all of our guests. Okay. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you very soon. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton, with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.